Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. How you guys doing? Good? Come on, that's it? Come on, we're going into a whole... I love it. Let me grab my... my uh, what is this called? Stands. There you go. Um, we just got back. We were out of town for a couple of days watching Hudson play hockey. That was a lot of fun. Um, other than the fact they lost three straight and gave up about 26 goals and scored about four. So that was miserable. <laughs> Which, what are you going to do? Uh, hey, uh, again, we're in this series called Who's Eating Your Fruit? And we've been talking about the fruit that we produce in life and what that looks like. Let me give you a, a quick little uh, recap on, on what that is. In Matthew 20, 28, it says this, Even the Son of Man came not to, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let, let me pray as we get going. Father, I just pray for your word this morning. God, I pray you give us ears to hear and eyes to see, Lord, that you would uh, prepare our hearts to receive. God, I pray that you would uh, powerfully fall on this place in each one of our lives, that you'd deliver us. God, that you'd redeem, that you'd heal, Father God. I thank you as we go into this holy week, Father God, that uh, uh, you are faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'll notice, um, there was a, Seth, can I get you back there real quick? We're all over the place here. Um, Seth takes one week off, and look what happens. Everything falls apart. Seth, on the other hand, just to give you an update, was at Nationals for uh, high school wrestling, and one of his, his wrestlers took first in the nation, which is pretty impressive. Uh, that is, is amazing. Um, if you'll notice in your seats, there are these, um, these little booklets, and this is for you during Holy Week. And uh, what we've done is, is basically taken some scriptures and um, some prayers. And, uh, and, and I'm asking you that this, this time during this week is, is a precious, sacred time. And this is a, kind of a guide for you throughout the week. You can take it. Um, and, and, and there's some, again, some, some meditated prayers. There's some scriptures that you can read during the week. And, and really just to take, take that time and... and Use it for this uh, this holy week. We're we're talking about who's eating your fruit, and what we have said is this: out of John fifteen sixteen, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go bear fruit, fruit that will last. This is Jesus talking to us that we would have fruit that would last, and so that whatever you ask in His name, the Father will give you. And we said a few things. We said slides work. That's what we said. Um, thank you, Seth. We said this. We've asked, actually, we've asked three questions. We've asked, who's eating your fruit? What are they, where are they eating? And what are they eating? And essentially what we've been saying is this, that people are eating fruit off your life everywhere. That they see you in your jobs. They see you in your homes. They see you at, at 7-Eleven, wherever it is, and they're eating fruit off your life. They're eating it everywhere you are. And what are they eating is the question we asked. Are they eating a sweet fruit or are they eating a bitter fruit? What is coming off of your life that people are eating? 
And this week I want to talk about eating the fruit of a servant, the servant of Jesus. But I want to shift it over these next two weeks. And I want it to go from who's eating your fruit to the question of the fruit, what fruit, who's eating the fruit of Jesus? Whose fruit are you eating? What does that look like at the, off the life of Jesus? Over these next two weeks, we just kind of shift it into the fruit that Christ produced in our lives. Eating the fruit of a servant, I'm going to talk about a donkey, a towel, and a, a piece of wood. And when you, when you think about this week and you think about Holy Week and, and what it looks like and the triumphal en- entry of Jesus coming in Jerusalem and, and, and the, uh, the, the, the Last Supper that he has with his disciples and then on Friday night the, the crucifixion and, and three days and the resurrection and, and all of this happening in such a short period of time and, and what what, what the significance of, of what is going on. I want you to think about this today. I want to start with a donkey. Now, most of the time when we come into Palm Sunday, we talk about the palms, which is important. But I want to talk a little bit about the donkey. I want you to consider the donkey this morning. It says this in Mark 11, 7 through 10. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it. And he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Serving starts or, or, or starts with eating the fruit of humility and meekness. When we're talking about serving and what Jesus and what we look, when we look at the Holy Week, it really could be called serving week. Because everything that Jesus does throughout that week, the Holy Week, is that he might serve you and I. Serving starts with eating the fruit of humility. If you want to be a servant amongst others, we start by eating the fruit off of Jesus' life. The prophetic word that came in Zechariah 9 was this, Behold, O Jerusalem of Zion, the king comes unto you, meek and lowly, riding upon a donkey. Now, when you look at it, there's there's two animals that you could ride in on, for the most part. There's a horse. And there's a donkey. And they both have very distinct meaning to them. And and Israel was hoping that Jesus would be coming in on a horse. Not unlike many of us when we are introduced to Jesus. We're hoping that that this, this victor, this king would come in on a horse. A knight in shining armor in this mind that we've we've put this picture together. And Israel's thought the same thing. Historically, entering a city riding upon a horse is a symbol of a king, a conqueror. It's an act of strength. Yet Jesus rides in on a donkey. A a donkey entering a city on a donkey signifies entry in peace rather than a conquering king arriving on a horse. It's interesting the contrast when you look at the two. One is strength and pride, and one is humility and meekness. Now, it, it, 
let me give you some definitions here because whenever anybody says of Jesus that he was meek, they don't un- truly fully understand what the word means. The, 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 the horse that would come in, that the, the Jews had hoped, that Israel had hoped was coming, that many of us had hoped would come in our life, is this, this one of strength, the capacity to withstand great forces, to be strong. Pride, the satisfaction derived from one's own achievements, that he was coming and, and he was going to rescue the house of Israel versus how Jesus came. In humility, free from pride or any arrogance. Meekness, which means strength under control. See, we get these all mixed up. We think that meekness equals weakness. But the reality is this. Meekness is a greater power of strength because it's one who has great strength that can put on restraint. Big difference. See, I like to come out with strength and intimidate. Hockey stories. So, you know, my, my buddies, some of them say, well, why do, you, why do you, like a new guy comes out, why do you always slash him and give him the little shot and a hook or whatever it is? And I say, no, Mark's going, no, I'd never do that, right, Mark? Never. But, but there's, there's a mindset to it. I want to project strength. The reason I want to do it is so they'll leave me alone. So that every time I'm coming at them, they go, Oh, here he comes again. I don't want to do anything with this. There, there's a mindset about it. Now, Mark wouldn't do that. He was just dumb enough like me to go, oh, really? And then hit me back. But, but a lot of guys, they just, I want to come in with strength and intimidate someone. And, and Israel was looking for Jesus to come with the strength to intimidate the Roman Empire. With pride. Jesus. Now, let me, let me say this. This isn't the message today. But Jesus is coming back with strength and meekness. We see all throughout Revelation. But he chose at this time, and we're worshiping during this holy week, because he came with strength under control. What does strength under control look like? It looks a little bit like this. We've talked about it before. It looks a little bit like hanging on a cross, and the ones that put you there are the ones that you created. Think about that. That's meekness at any moment. Now, I've said this before in my own flesh. If I'm Jesus, I come up the cross, and I give you a beating with my own cross. That's the way it worked. But I believe, and I, I work too much in the trying to project the strength thing. And God's called us to walk in meekness. And Jesus gives this example of meekness. And we need men in this country that understand meekness, that have strength, that know who they are, that are secure in who they are, but are under control, not having to project on some phone or through some woman. We need men who understand. That's why Jesus came in humility and meekness. Jesus rode in Jerusalem as a servant. See, the misconception is this, that, 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 that you think he, he's coming as a savior. He did come as a savior, but he came as a servant in, the, in, the, in the, the cloak of a servant to be our savior. But so many times I, I just, I want conquering Jesus. That'll take my enemies and just wipe them out. That will deal with her when she's mean to me. It makes me cry at night. 
everybody knows better than that, Kevin, right? Yeah, absolutely. Jesus rode in on a donkey. Now, in, 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 we have these palms. I said, consider the donkey. You know, we've got some palms here today. And, 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 and Matthew 21, 8 says this, And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread uh, leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. Now, now the, the palm branches represented kings and conquerors who would welcome with palm branches bring, bring, uh, being strewed before them and waved in the air. Jesus is servant king, and they, they've got the palm branches, and they're thinking in their mind one thing. They're thinking, palm branches, king, savior, he's going to redeem this, this crazy uh, 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 Roman empire, and he's going he's gonna to conquer, and we're going to be the ones who are in charge now. And he doesn't do that. See, the crowd that went ahead of him with those who followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Uh, uh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And they're worshiping and they're throwing palms down and yet, yet Jesus is coming in. And I, I, I've got to imagine that, that, that donkeys don't really trot. They just kind of walk. There's not a majesty about the donkey. There's not this aura about them where people like shiver and they're like, oh, the donkey, here he comes. And Jesus rides in, and they're singing, Hosanna, Hosanna. The, the question that I have to ask myself or you is, are you looking for a horse, or are you looking for the donkey? Have you stopped eating the fruit of Jesus? Because have you stopped going to the word of God? Have you stopped going to, to uh, uh, the worship music? Have you stopped going to the fruit of this Christ because... He didn't ride in as a horse to rescue you out of all of your stuff. Because when you came calling, and when you came down to the front, and when you said, Jesus, I want you as my Lord and Savior, for some reason, he didn't make your marriage the best marriage out there. He didn't just miraculously give you everything you wanted. You didn't have the job that you thought he was going to bring you. You didn't have the marriage or the kids that you thought he was going to bring you. You didn't have the car, the house, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, you're like, this Jesus thing doesn't work. He's not giving me what I want. He was going to come in and conquer. Yet he came in with humility. And he stopped eating the fruit. Are you looking for the horse? Or have you seen the donkey? Second thing horse, the towel, and a piece of wood is the towel. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, and he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water in the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. It, it, this, this act of humility. So we're covering with these three verses, we're covering Holy Week. The first, the triumphal entry on the donkey. Now he's at uh, Last Supper with all the disciples. And, and, and eating the fruit of a servant is this. Jesus knowing that the Father had put all things into his hands, that he had come from God and was going back to God. Eating the fruit of knowing what? 
What is he talking about here? And I've, I've said this many times, and I will continue to say it because I think it's the key that unlocks so many things in our lives. Knowing what? What do we need to know? What is the fruit that needs to come from eating off of Jesus that we need to know? Knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. What does that mean? That, the, that God had given Jesus a purpose that he was to come to this earth, that he was to live for 33 years, that he was to do what he did, and that ultimately he would go to the cross and die for our sins three days later being resurrected. Purpose. What do we need to know? That your life is not randomness. That you're not just, just some whatever. That God in his mind, in his mind's eye from, from the beginning of, of, of eternity, that, that he knew you. That specifically he wanted to create you with a purpose, whether it be for two years, whether it be for 90 years, whether it be for 60 years, whatever it is. I don't understand how the equation works. But what I know is this, that God has purpose for each one of our lives. It says the Father had given all things into his hands, and he had come from God. What is that? matter because he understood origin he knew what he was supposed to do but jesus very clearly knew that he had come from god the father and the holy spirit that they had sent to this earth to do the purposes of what god had called them to if you and i would understand that god was the creator of each of us that he sent us to this earth to do what we do purposefully we'd walk as servants the last part of the key is, is this. Since the Father had given all things into his hands, he had come from God, and then he was going back to God. Revelation 21, he wiped away every tear. There was no more pain, no more suffering, no more crying. Look at the progression. When you know what you're here to do, when you're not just floundering, when you know that you know that you're called to be something, that comes through eating the fruit that Jesus is, is, is producing. It comes from knowing the Father because the Father defines you. It comes from having a relationship with the Father and eating the fruit off of his life. And when you know what you're created to do, you know who created you, the origin of where you came from, and you absolutely know that when this life is over, because I'm sure you guys know, it will be over someday, that you're going to be back with the Father. When you can answer these three questions, when you can walk in the fullness and understanding of these three questions, you know what you do? You wash feet. Jesus understood who he was, why he was here, and where he was going. It says, and then after that statement, John 13, 3, it says, then he poured water in the basin. And he began to wash the disciples' feet. Look at the connection here. Why doesn't the church serve? Why doesn't the church serve the homeless? Now, I'm generalizing, okay? Why doesn't the church serve those who are hurting? Why doesn't the church answer the social issues of today? You know why? Because in many ways, she doesn't know who she is. You know why? Because in many ways, she doesn't believe where she came from. And even scarier, in many ways, she doesn't know where she's going. When you can answer these three questions, you'll walk in great security. And you'll take the towel and you'll wash the feet of others. Husbands, you'll wash your wife's feet 
wives, you'll wash your husband's feet. Moms and dads, you'll wash the feet of your children. Workers, you'll wash the feet of those who come to your shops. Teachers, you'll wash the feet of the children that are in your classroom. Businessmen, you'll wash the feet of those that you sit in meetings with all day. And you know where you came from, why you're here, and where you're going? You don't care what those toes look like. Me and Joey have something in common. We both have bad feet. I just threw you right under the bus, Joey. We've talked about it. I didn't tell you. I threw you right under the bus. No one wants to touch my feet. She just said, nope. You know who you are? And this is the key. When you look at people's lives, they're as ugly as my feet. Jacked up. There's a lot of fungus. I've tried. There's fungus. There's there's nails that fall off. Some a lot of it's from playing hockey. You get hit in the toes and your nails just fall off. All this stuff. You know. Anybody want to borrow my shoes? I got plenty. Um, it, it, uh, it, you know what people's lives look like? A lot of fungus. A lot of brokenness. And and when we know who we are in Christ Jesus, you know what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to wash them. Wash them with love. Wash them with kindness. Husbands, wives, you, you, you know the flaws of your spouse greater than anybody. God says, wash them. Thirdly, piece of wood. A donkey, a towel, and a piece of wood. It says this in Matthew 27, and they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of his robe and put his, his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. And when they came to the place, place called Golgotha, which means place of skulls, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them. By casting lots. A piece of wood. This, this humility that Jesus walks in. Eating the fruit of, of his death. What you and I get to do is eat the fruit of Jesus' death. So that you and I don't have to. It, what, what, what Philippians 2.8 says is, and, and being formed, uh, found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Jesus humbles himself to the point of death. Look, this whole life thing for Christians is about dying to myself every day. It's about dying to who I think I am. It's about dying to what I think I should do. It's about dying to what people say about me. It's about dying to what I think that, 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 that I am whatever. It's about dying to self so that we'd wash feet. The crucifix was an interesting way. The, the Romans did this not just for killing. They, they, they wanted to kill, but they, also, they, they wanted to humiliate 
anyone that was on the cross. They wanted it to be so horrific that when anybody looked at it, they'd say, I, could, I never want to be that person. It was more about not just the killing, but it was about the humiliation. They wanted to expose publicly that, it was, that, that what is most vulnerable inside of humanity is to shame the body. Can you imagine hanging on a cross with very little on and was walking by? They're saying, what did this guy do? What did this guy do? Jesus hanging on this cross, having just days before washed the feet of the ones who would put him there. Now, I, I, the, the, the disciples didn't nail him to the cross, but their sin put him on the cross. When we eat the fruit of Jesus' life, we eat from a servant. Not the, 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 the one coming in on a horse to destroy the, not the one that you think is going to destroy your boss or destroy your wife or destroy your husband or destroy your dad or whatever it is. Not that one. The one that comes with humility. The one that comes and washes feet. The one that says, I'm going to do something in you so that you'll do something in someone else. The one that looks at us and says, I've got a plan and a purpose for you. And when we eat the fruit of Jesus' life, we eat from a servant. He's a servant who, who, who dedicated his life to setting people free, setting us free by healing us of our sin, by delivering us from hell, by teaching us how to love others. That's what Jesus did. That's who Jesus is. Is he a conquering king? Absolutely. But when you looked at him, do you think that if for a moment anybody thought when he's riding on a donkey, conquering king? Do you, do you think for a moment anybody, as they're watching the Romans beat him and he's bleeding and he's, he, he's, he's got a crown of thorns, do you think anybody said conquering king? Do you, do you think when he's hanging on a cross that anybody said conquering king? Ultimately, Jesus served you and I by giving his life for ours. John 3.16, we all know it. Crazy guy at the football game with the rainbow hair. For God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever believes in him should not perish but eternal life. Eternal life. We've all eaten from the fruit of the fall. Every one of us. That's sin. Genesis. The woman took the fruit. She ate of it. Gave it to the man. He ate of it too. Then their eyes were open. All of us have eaten from the fruit of the fall. The question is, have you eaten from the fruit of redemption? Have you eaten the fruit of redemption that, that, that brings life? Have you eaten the fruit of Jesus that restores, that forgives, that takes away condemnation, that takes away guilt? that brings peace into your life, that gives you eternal life? Have you eaten the fruit of Jesus? Romans 10, 9, 13 says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that one believes and is justified, and with the mouth that one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, for everyone who calls on his name of the Lord will be saved. 
eating the fruit of life, eating the fruit of redemption. That's what a servant does. That's who Jesus is. We need a deliverance in the back. Do we have a deliverer? <laughs> this, is, this is the power of the cross. Through his sacrifice on the cross, Jesus conquered death. Jesus conquered death. Revelation 1.18. And the living one, I died and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys to death and Hades. Jesus conquers death. Jesus conquers death that you and I might have life. But he doesn't come in on a horse. He comes in on a donkey. And he serves. He grabs the towel because he knows who he is. He knows why he's here. And he knows where he's going to be at the right hand of the Father. And he washes the bad feet, the crusty feet. And God has just called you and I to know that, that, that we're, we're a thought, we were a thought in God's mind. And he created us in our mother's womb. And, and he laid out my steps for me. Each one set before one of them came to pass. And, 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 and we know that, that when we die someday, that we'll be in eternity with him. And when we understand this and we walk in this, I can serve others and love others well. In spite of their brokenness spite of their bruises. See, that's the church. That's why Holy Week is, is so just powerful because it's a reminder of his triumphal entry on a donkey. His, his time with the disciples and washing their feet. His death on the cross knowing that Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. When we eat the fruit of Jesus, we eat the fruit of eternal life. We eat the fruit of eternal life, and it changes us. It changes us. Church, you can eat the fruit of Jesus' life. He'll change you. He'll change you. A donkey? towel and a piece of wood change the world forever change the world forever I'm going to skip through these as we go into this holy week I, 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 I want to encourage you I just this is not just another week it's not just another time look if, if you're struggling if you're if you're in the if depression has you if 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 addiction has you if if anger has you if if sin has you I, I, this is a time where we regroup and 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 we just commit it to the lord it's let me qualify that you can do this every single day it's not just this week but there's something about celebrating this week that's that's special and and i, I pray that this is a foundation that is laid in your life that that you'll take time each day, each and every day this week, to read his word. Five minutes. You take time to pray throughout the day and ask questions. Take time to reflect. What does that look like? I read the word and I didn't really know what that meant. God, show me what it means. And you think about it and you reflect on it throughout the day. Take time to worship. 
put in a Kevin CD. You do that? Do, they, do you do that anymore? I am old. Don't, they don't even exist. Throw in an MP3. Does that work? No. Go to the cloud. Eight track, baby. Eight track. You are old. You had eight tracks. Yeah. Take some time to worship. Take some time to serve someone else. Take some time to serve someone else. Some of us, it, it may just be the one that you sleep next to every night that is your wife or that is your husband. Clarify that. <laughs> For some of you, maybe your kids. For some of you, maybe it's someone you work with. Maybe it's the guy at the donut shop. But I'm asking that we as a church would be the church this week in all that we do. And that ultimately, we would eat the fruit of the relationship with Jesus. That you'd eat the fruit of a relationship with Jesus because it's sweet. It's sweet. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for this time this morning, God. God, I thank you for a donkey that Jesus rode in on his humility and his meekness. God, I thank you for the towel that he had taken from his waist to wash the disciples' feet. Oh God, I thank you for the cross where he gave his life that I might have life. Now God, let me be a servant. God, I pray that during this holy week as we remember, Father God, that, 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 Lord, we would worship, that we would pray, that we'd read your word, read your word, and that we'd encounter you in a new way. Father, I thank you for these men and women. God, I send them this week to be your hands and feet. God, I send everyone in here that knows you, Father God, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. God, that you'd bring opportunity, that you'd bring uh, people across our paths that we could preach the gospel of hope to. They might know you. And Lord, as we go in through this weekend and go into Sunday to celebrate, to celebrate your resurrection. God, we thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we stay in this, this time of worship, we have communion stations to the sides and in the back too, Chris. So you want and in the back also. We've uh, shifted from, just to let you know, as most of you do know, from the little cups and stuff to bread and, and juice. Um, if you, what we, the reason we did that is because we love the, the family communion. The families come together and receive communion together. Don't double dip. Just dip once, grab your bread, receive the elements, pray with your family. The Bible says this, and the night that Jesus betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body that's been broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He literally says, when you come together like this, do this in remembrance of me. And then he, he took the wine that represented his blood. And he said, when you come together and you do this, do this. Remember, my blood was spilled for you that you might have life. He said, do this in remembrance of me. So as you come and you receive the elements this morning, it's a holy time. It's a holy moment.
And when you receive the elements, take yourself and, and place it before the cross. And ask God for his forgiveness. Repent. And ask him for strength. And ask him to deliver you. That you might be the hands and feet of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your elements. God, I thank you for your son who died for our sins some 2,000 years ago. God, as we receive the bread and the the wine, Father God, that, that we align our lives with yours. God, we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Receive communion. The blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. 